I am a child of capitalism and I have been taught to worship more, more, more. This concept of growthism was also deeply welded early on to religion and colonialism to the ends of the earth trying to evangelize to people more, more, more. More money, more friends, more success, more recognition, more followers, more. At the end of every year, normally the last three months of the year, I get really reflective and try to kind of understand where I want to head the next year. And been struggling. Not entirely. I, f I feel like the words that have come up a lot have been embodiment. And the thing about embodiment is that you cannot rush it. And it's not about external stimuli or, or gains. It's about going deeper, getting quiet, getting still. Something I'm not uh, drawn to naturally. My nickname by my therapist is a freight train with no breaks. I like to be busy, I like to be active, I like to be creative, I like to be building things and connecting ideas and introducing people to each other that haven't met before that I think would get along well. And the thing is, after therapy and Reiki and talking to my mentors, one of the biggest themes in my life is that I'm so good at being intentional and thoughtful and caring and giving other people space to feel their emotions for my community, but I am very unpracticed doing that for myself. There's something really painful about it. Because if I stop long enough, I will have to recognize the depth and breadth of my own trauma. And I feel like it's time to evaluate my values and better aligned to them. That includes my career because I continuously choose jobs that I'm unhappy at because I think I'm supposed to choose them because I'm supposed to have some kind of career where I can grow and, and just become the best of the best and you know do big, great, amazing things. But I'm miserable. And the things that I'm drawn to I feel like I had been taught to look down on blue-collar jobs. That there was no way to be successful and, and have a sense of safety and 
uh, or at the very least, they were supposed to be temporary solutions in a long-term journey. And I just see myself being a lot more happy working with my hands, working with people one-on-one, getting to set my own hours, not having to work for, like, a boss, and only working for myself. I can see myself cutting hair or doing lashes or eyebrows or going to school and becoming a chaplain and working one-on-one and um, painting murals and maybe teaching my own kind of courses um, with small groups of people and and continuing to write books. I'm, I'm working on one this month and that's been really interesting because I have an outline. I have this sense of what I want to tell people. I want to use the heroine's journey to create new myths that are centered, or not even centered, but just include uh, queer and disabled people as if it's normal because we exist and it is. But in fantasy, it's always able-bodied people. It's always neurotypical people. I mean, I'm using that generally speaking always, you know, not from what I've read and maybe they do exist and are becoming more prevalent and available, but I haven't seen it. I want to write a book series that is inspired by D&D that talks about this journey of being assigned female at birth, but really non-binary and maybe even polyamorous and taught to value a certain set of things like religion and having to go through that really terrible deconstruction phase of like, who am I without this religion? Who am I if this God doesn't actually exist? What am I here for if this isn't real? And recognizing some of the pain of blood family versus building your own family, a chosen family. And what it looks like to be loved well after growing up. Not experiencing it the way you needed to. Even if your parents did the best they could. Sometimes I wish I wasn't this self-aware. I wasn't always analyzing every little thing. And I know one of the biggest homework things that my therapist has given me is to just sit in the feelings and not have to fix everything. And not everything needs a solution right now. And um, literally embracing the thing I talk about all the time, which is curiosity. Like, how great that you have these things that could be nice But that's like the emotional side. Now, in order to get to wise mind, you want to embrace the rational side of your brain and see, well, how many hours would you have to work to make enough money to do this? Or what does training look like and how long would that take and how much would it cost and how would you pay for it? And like not making any big life-altering decisions, but just exploring. When I brought this up to my sister that I was considering trades because I was unhappy, One of the best pieces of advice she gave me was to treat this next year as just this big invitation to learn. To take a bunch of different classes to figure out what actually fits well with me. Whether that's 
welding or carpentry or or fixing PCs or whatever something where I'm working with my hands and um and then it's like a low risk way of to tell, like being able to tell what's going to work well next you know there's a big part of me that really wants to be a full-time student that doesn't need to work to live I mean that's a permanent wish of mine but uh in the current system I don't see that being a reality for a little bit I really want to go to the best UU school and be challenged. I feel like that's some of what I'm missing right now. Like, oh god, I mean, life in general has been challenging, but not in a fun way, not in a growth way that I choose, more in a traumatic way. And I would love to go to school to not only learn theory but practice for how to become a chaplain, a community leader, someone who gives people space to feel their feelings and words to name what's happening and to not look away from their pain and suffering, but to better embrace it. I think I want to become a death doula. I think there's something in me that just understands that we deserve respect during our last hours our last breath and also gerontology understanding as queer and disabled people how do we live a good life how do we age gracefully how do we embody what we want to see in the world when so many of us don't have queer elders yet because they die we die too young And also just, I think this next year is embracing my ignorance. That I love so many people of color and I have this really weird relationship with race myself because I am mixed. I am Hispanic, I am Mexican, but I am deeply divorced from my culture and that has created a wound that I did not recognize until my best friend asked me about it. Asked me about my culture and my connection to it and me coming up short over and over and over again. One of the few ways that I have been connected to it has been food and re-embracing that, but then I didn't recognize until having a conversation with my own father that he didn't grow up with Mexican food. He only embraced it after moving out. I had no idea. And so just recognizing that for a few generations now from my grandfather and my dad and now me there's this absence of an understanding of where we come from. And I think that's something that I struggle with. How do I move forward and figure out how I want to move within the world when I don't even understand my ancestors? When I don't have rituals connecting me back to my roots. So that's the adventure of this next year reconnecting to myself, exploring things like the fact that the last time I got Reiki a couple days ago was the first time um, in years, and at the end of the session, the practitioner asked if I wanted to study under him because he is a Reiki master. And that is something that I have been very interested in for a while now, but I was not expecting him to say that. I know that that isn't said lightly. 
or the person that I see that does my hair is male. When I was talking about being unhappy at my job and about wanting to be a chaplain and then specifically for queer and disabled people and him saying that there's a big need for that. He looked at me and was like, have you ever considered doing hair? I think you'd be really good at it. I think you'd connect with people really well. I think you're not afraid of coloring your own hair and like you could learn to be a colorist. Um, and like obviously it's not a career to have forever. Even he is going to have to retire at some point because of the physical demand on his body, but I hadn't considered it yet. I was so focused on trying to understand why communications wasn't working for me. I think it's going to be a good place to land for now. I think I really enjoy working at the institution that I'm at, but I don't see it as a place to make a home for more than two years. I really love the people that I work with. I really appreciate the work that I do. I know it's not unimportant, but I'm here to do so much more. I'm here to connect people, to encourage them to ask difficult questions and get curious about things that we're taught to ignore and avoid. About pain and death and suffering and also joy and stillness. And maybe reevaluating what's important to us. You know, it's so funny. The reason I actually hit record is because I was going to talk about prayer <laughs> and how, in the last mm, two weeks or so, uh, on talking to my roommate who is currently in school to be a chaplain, um, I don't know if it was in their ritual craft class or what, but talking about this concept, I don't even know if it was meant to be a prayer, but it has become one in my own life that. What is meant to me for me will become abundantly clear, and what is not meant for me will compost with ease and be far away from me. I've had a lot of things come up in the last month where I really wanted them or wanted something to come from it, and have learned that they're not for me and or that they still want to be in my life or still can be part of my life, but um, not in the way that I want. And so I continue to pray, whether it's about my job or my people or my future, whatever is for me, let it be abundantly clear what is not for me. Let it compost with ease and be far away from me. And also, every time something good happens, because my brain loves to forget, saying thank you, more please, to the universe. Thank you, more please. Because I have been in the depths of depression for a couple months, but it got really bad in October. And I didn't know how bad until beginning of November, my best friend and I were laying together and they were like, you know, October was a really dark month for you and I know that you keep saying that life is hard right now, but 
it's nothing compared to where you were three to four weeks ago. And they said it a couple different ways in that conversation. And so I had to have them pause because my memory is so bad and ask, you know, you keep referencing this time period. What happened about a month ago? I just don't remember. I need the context. And so they talked about a month ago, I was in Alabama with uh, a bunch of my chosen family for someone's birthday. I had three different massive panic attacks, which I had not had in a while. And even when I have panic attacks, they were never that big. Um, And at the end of the trip, I had driven myself. I was driving back from Alabama to Georgia. And before I left, I didn't hug anyone goodbye. I got into a big argument with my roommate. And um, it was just bad. And they realized that I was about two to three steps removed from a mental breakdown, like a full mental breakdown. And I didn't know any of this, but they found my insurance information, looked in my phone for my uh, mentor's phone number, and were looking up institutions just in case they had to Baker Act me and assemble the Avengers, they said in their own words. And they're right. I was that bad. I uh, I think before that I had been lying to myself about how well I was doing. And, and I don't want to negate the work that I've done this past year. I have done so much. But the more I understand my autism and my ADHD and my CPTSD... And I'm learning not to dissociate, which means I'm having to feel all of my pain and feelings. It was breaking me. And I'm so lucky that halfway on my drive home from that, I decided, whoa, what just happened was so wrong and weird and orders of magnitude greater than I mean my the argument I got into was so bizarre because I could like rationally tell that I was reacting to something that I was misinterpreting like the person did not say this thing but my brain and my emotions and my body were like reading it as something completely different and I did not have enough control to stop my reaction even though I could tell from the beginning my reaction was orders of magnitude larger than what was happening. So after having a few hours to process in the car, I made a doctor's appointment to better manage my medication. I made sure that my psyche valve on the 20th of November was still on the, on the books because I hadn't gotten any kind of email confirmation. And I texted my friend and tried to explain what happened and apologized. And then I started doing the hard work this month of doing every little thing I could think of that would get me in a better place. So yeah, life is still really hard. And the holidays are coming up and I'm excited and nervous because I would really like to not have any more massive panic attacks, and I'm better equipped to deal with them if I do. 
but I'm nowhere near as bad as I was a month ago. And I want to honor that hard work. So, what is for us? May it be abundantly clear. What is not for us, may it compost with ease. And I hope that we can just keep taking one day at a time. And maybe let go of this growth mindset and just learn to be.